Welcome to another episode of the Atomic Geekdom Podcast. My name is Dave. Joining me this week is Matt. Hey. And Jenny. Hello. How's everybody doing? Good, good, good. Alive and kicking. Good, good. Let's try to make this a little less forced greeting. <laughs> a little, a little <laughs> more relaxed. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Uh, today on the podcast, episode 97, I want to say, 96. Oh, you don't even know. 97. Shame, shame, shame. Just, just double check. 97. I was right. Episode 97. We're going to talk about the pros and cons of cons. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what it's like to be at a con as just a regular attender, as press, as a cosplay VIP. Um, none of us know what it's like to be as a, ho- a guest, but maybe someday. Uh, but we can kind of imagine what their day is like. Uh, we've run into a few of them at this point. So we're just going to kind of run through our experiences and where we think the future of cons is going now that there's one like every weekend. And kind of uh, what we wish things would be like. And as a veteran, I kind of want to go to Jenny because I think she's probably the three of us gone to the most. Oh, for sure. Plus, she's got the con under her belt, San Diego Comic Con, which is the big one. And I mean, there's a bigger one as far as attendance wise, <laughs> but the San Diego one is kind of like the geek Mecca. Um, yeah. It's the bucket list item. So let's talk a little about San Diego Comic-Con because they just like a week ago had their big open uh, ticket sale for, I think that was for everybody, right? Uh, as long as you had registered and you had a username, you would get a, oh code for the waiting room yeah so if you had the money and you were registered you could go in the waiting room and not get chosen to get tickets like (laughs) like 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 us and like the boys from big bang theory in one episode and uh so it's not just us it's it's everybody Uh, i i i'll i'll tap in on this one so i started going to san diego in i think it was 2009 my first year was right after season one of true blood and I only went because of True Blood because I was like an uber mega fan. And it was easy. And it sounds really – and maybe I just lucked out, but I was given tickets. And we got a hotel easy. And I got into a party. Like it was ridiculously easy. Then the second year I went, again, got tickets okay. Hotels were a little harder. And it was boring as all hell. <laughs> like I didn't do anything that I went to the panels, which was cool. Mm-hmm. Um, but then after that, like I was telling you guys earlier, there's the good, the bad and the ugly of every con. And even through all the trials and tribulations of San Diego and how ridiculous it is now in since 2009, it's almost become impossible. It's really difficult to get in. And I have, found myself very sadistic because my favorite thing is after I know I'm not getting my tickets, just looking at the Twitter feed of everybody else that didn't get tickets <laughs> and everyone complaining and how it's all a conspiracy and it's ethically hilarious. I, this year I wanted to get upset because I get up early, I get online, I watch that little spinning blue circle And if you've tried for Comic-Con passes, you know what that spinning circle means. You just sit there. It refreshes. Don't touch your screen. Don't open another window. Just watch the circle spin. And (laughs) then you have to watch Twitter on your phone or on another browser because you don't want to screw up that spinning circle. And just wait. And then you'll, you'll see the first one. 
Friday is now sold out. And you're like, no. Okay, okay, okay. Thursday, Saturday, and Sunday still available. Saturday is now sold out. Oh, oh my God. Oh, my God. Okay, oh. I can still go to Thursday. Thursday's always a good day. <laughs> Thursday is now sold out. That's okay. It's okay. I can do a one day. I'll go down for Sunday. Sunday's fine. They might still have four-day passes. It's all good. Oh, wow. Okay. Thank you for going into the Comic-Con. We are now officially sold out. Oh, and it's ridiculous. like once you see that tech, that tweet from San Diego Comic-Con and you're still just watching that blue circle spin, it's like those mother effort. You know, you get that anger, but mm-hmm. social media is beautiful because you can watch everybody express that same anger. And through the whole progress, like you'll just put in the hashtag and you'll see 500 tweets within two minutes of people just taking a photo of the spinning blue circle. <laughs> That's yeah. great. Or um, my favorite is sometime, one time somebody just put up the Fugazi video for waiting room and mm-hmm. just hashtagged at San Diego. Mm-hmm. Um, the people and what they come up with for their tweets, why they are holding their breath, keeping their fingers crossed, aligning the planets just to get those tickets. And it is, it's really inspiring though when you do see somebody get tickets when they post something like, oh my gosh, this is really happening. I got in. And you're like, yes, you know, and you want to run up and high five them for getting the tickets. But then you're still sitting there yourself watching that damn blue circle spin. So it makes me not want to do it. <laughs> but then every year I still do it because. There is no other experience. I mean, San Diego is the mothership for a reason. And I mean, there's going to be where all Hollywood is. Yeah. There's going to be a year when I get us all there with press passes or something. We'll figure it out. We're all going to be there, whether that's in 40 years or <laughs> or next year. Who knows? I doubt it'll be we next year. Like, we could do the Betty White tour. Like yeah. when we're all in our, our 80s and right. 90s and we'll be like. I remember back in the day. Justin and Matt will be hosting mm-hmm. the two old broke geeks. The two exactly. old broke geeks. <laughs> uh, but okay, so do they? They really? Why don't they organize it where they sell like one day or one during one hour? They sell just the the, the four day passes, and then in the second hour they do just the Thursdays and just the Fridays. Why can't they just do it like that? Because then, I mean, you give well, more people a chance. The the best tweet that I saw, and this kind of puts it in perspective, and I wish I remember who posted it. Um, it's a guy that I follow because he does a lot of like um, buddy press work, mm-hmm. and a friend of mine's into that. He just posts up. He goes, so all you guys worrying about the conspiracy of the online waiting room. He goes, imagine an app that lets in a million people. There is a million plus people in that waiting room right mm-hmm. now, randomly grabbing people to buy tickets. One program is doing that. That's crazy. Don't complain about the people who write the, the code. <laughs> it's like, that's kind of true. That it, There are so many people worldwide trying to get those tickets on that same day. Yeah. But they actually, it sucks because there's no, there's nothing you can do to make yourself a better candidate to get tickets. It's all basically chance, but yeah. they, they have a good system. It's just, there's over a million people trying to fill and just 110,000 spots. Yeah. And I mean, just to make it clear, we're, we're quote unquote considered press at atomic geekdom, but 
It's yeah. not just as simple as starting a website and a podcast and boom, you're pressed. Oh, yeah, here's your free pass to San Diego Comic-Con. It doesn't work like that. No, no. Uh, it's a, a little similar process. Jenny knows more about it than I do. But you also still need to have the followers and the clicks and you need to be of substantial uh, relevance to actually get right. these, these Other, passes. Yeah. Otherwise, so. anybody could be press. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, and and there's also security that goes along with it too. Like, um, <clears throat> two was it two years ago? I went and totally lucked out because that's the other the other issue is when you go down to Comic Con to fully experience it, you're you need to devote yourself to the entire day. You're going to spend all day in line in a panel all night checking out everything outside the you know outside the convention around the gas lamp. And mm-hmm. a lot of the stuff outside the convention is way cooler than what's in the convention. And that's all night stuff. You, If you play the Twitter game right, you can get invites to parties and things like that. And it's until 2 in the morning. So you don't want to have to figure out how to get home that night or get outside the gas lamp. You want to be in the gas lamp. So that's when the hotel lottery comes into You have to have mm. tickets for Comic-Con to enter into the hotel lottery and you get a, you get a code, you go into the hotel lottery. And like last year we, we got tickets, but then when we went into the lottery, it took us one minute and 29 seconds to get our hotels chosen. Cause you choose five hotels that are on your list that you want. Mm-hmm. You want these five hotels. We still didn't get a hotel. The closest hotel they put us out was nine miles away from the convention center, which wow getting an Uber, getting a taxi or public transportation, you can't stay out till 2 in the morning. You have to – the public transportation ends at like 10 o'clock. And then Uber won't go into the city. So you have to then get out of the gas lamp, which, you know, is still quite a hike, and then get the car to go up. It becomes a nightmare. So we ended up – yeah. Uber won't go in the cities just because there's too many people well, or you it's impossible. When we oh, okay. stayed at the hard rock, the hard rock is like you fall out of the hard rock into the convention center. Sure. Like it's that close. We obviously have to get our car into the hard rock. It took us over an hour just to get into the, into yeah. the parking lot. If you want to go to the ballet area because of the amount of people. Yeah. But what I was saying with the press passes is it's all security. Cause when we we're at the hard rock, the entertainment weekly party was above us. Like you could hear it above our room. Mm-hmm. And when we came in, we had to show not only our room key, but our ID. And we had to go through different entrances and stuff because in the other entrances, you have people like Ben Affleck, you know, Andrew Lincoln, all these uber important celebrities walking right. in the other hallway. You know, so I get why they're they're so strict with the press passes because they can't just have, you know, Sally Homemaker who's really obsessed with what's his name from the Vampire Diaries trying to interview him. You know, it's right. it's not a it's not effective. It's not effective time for for the celebrity and for everybody else in line to do that job. And I think when they go for press, they want they want the credentials, they want the experience, they want to know that people are going to follow it and like it and click it. So it is a popularity game, but it takes a lot of work to you're, you're competing with entertainment weekly time magazine, all that. So it's right. Right. It's I a can, totally different ball game when you go into the actual comic con international. Right. right. Well, well, 
let's see. Where do I want to start from everything you just said? Uh, if you want to get a good experience or a good good view of what the experience is at Comic-Con, go to Netflix and watch Doug Benson's uh, quote-unquote documentary of being at a con. I can't remember which, which comedy special it is, but he just takes a, a video camera with him and walks around San Diego as the convention's going on, essentially, and he's doing like a documentary style of, of San Diego Comic-Con, and you can see just how crazy it is. Uh, as far as getting around and mm-hmm. pretty much that you can't get around. Mor- Morgan Spurlock has a great one too. That's um, why he did it. Cause he just keeps copying Morgan Spurlock's uh, right. <laughs> documentaries. So like he did super high me where it's, you know, super size me, but he's just doing, yeah, weed. Yeah. he's just doing <laughs> weed instead. Um, what, did, what is this one called? Called chronic con episode four twenty, a new dope. Uh, is, <laughs> yeah. Cause, is it Morgan Freeman's um Morgan Spurlock? Is Morgan Morgan Freeman? That would be awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to do that. Um isn't it called the Fans Hope? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Comic-Con, uh, yeah, a Fans Hope, yeah, something like that. Here's here this is why though San Diego is definitely a bucket list item. Is two things happen to me at San Diego Comic-Con. One, I'm sitting in the middle of the thing I found a plug-in so I could charge my phone cuz People, if you're at these places, turn off your Wi-Fi because if not, your battery will not last. Mm-hmm. So I'm charging my phone and I look over at Patrick and I'm like, is that Morgan Spurlock? And he's like walking by us with this like entourage of people and cameras. And we're like, well, that's interesting. <laughs> and he was filming that that movie, you know, that documentary. I was like, oh, that makes sense now. And then the other one was um, Tom Hiddleston when he came as Floki. Uh, as Floki. As Loki. <laughs> Yeah. And um, we're sitting there, we're like, dude, that guy looks just like him. <laughs> we, we walked right by him. Totally didn't really. We're just like, that is the best cosplay I've ever seen. Well, that's like. <laughs> and then later on, we're like, Tom Hiddleston came as. And we're like, oh, crap, that was him. I can't remember who it is, but some actor goes to the cons dressed as in cosplay so you can't recognize him just so he can walk the floor. Oh, uh, lots of them do yeah, that. Yeah, Kevin Smith does it, yeah. Yeah. Adam, um, Adam Savage from Adam Mythbusters. Savage, yep, Adam Savage does it every year. Does it. Yeah, that's genius. I think that's awesome. So you could literally take a picture with some guy dressed as Boba Fett and not realize there's a celebrity. Brad Pitt could be in there. <laughs> well, that was the greatest one a couple years ago. Um, I think it was when Adam Savage went as a stormtrooper mm-hmm. and he started tagging himself in people's Instagram photos. Because, like, people would go, there's me with a stormtrooper. And there's hundreds. I mean, I have pictures of me with a stormtrooper. Yeah. And he'd find them, and he'd know that it was him. And then he'd hashtag, you know, he'd hashtag it with his little hashtag saying, yep, that's me. (laughs) You're like, wait a minute. That was you? (laughs) Yeah. Totally cool. But, yeah, a lot of them them have done that. The the best, too, is um, Jamie Heideman. Did you ever see, Mm -hmm. from Mythbusters as well, did you ever see the one where he walked through the con? And he was trying to determine if somebody of some notability walked through the the floor of Comic-Con, if they could actually do it. I didn't Mm -hmm. see that, no. It is epically awesome. It is so great. Because his theory was, is if he's just happy to everybody, says yes, yes, and just keeps walking, if he doesn't Mm -hmm. stop, he can do it. And it totally worked because he goes into the floor. And the floor at San Diego Comic-Con is insanity because there are moments when you are so cramped and it's like being in a mosh pit. Like it's it's way too many people in a small amount of square footage. But he just starts walking and he's like squeezing and he's like, hey. And they're like, 
Jamie. And he's like, Hey, nice. Giving him high fives, walking. He's like, Hey, nice. you know, just like waving his hands and, and all that. Yep. But he just keeps barreling through people and people are trying to take photos, but he's just like, great. And he'd stop, take a photo of us and then keep walking. He made it through the entire floor. Hmm. It was think, awesome. Uh, was like, yeah, yes. I yeah. I think lots of celebrities walk the floor. Cause I see all the time on, uh, on Jason Muse's Instagram feed, him on the floor, like just taking random pictures at like, Here's me with the Ecto-1 and here's me with, uh, you know, the Supernatural car and stuff like well, that. And they do, they do do it, but they also have different routes that they can take because the way that the convention yeah. the convention floor is set up is so – it's so strategic. And like the Warner Brothers booth is always epic and they have all the autograph signings at the Warner mm-hmm. Brothers booth. So what they have – pathways that they can get the celebrities into just that booth so the booth is positioned Mm -hmm. nicely and then they have an entourage so getting from that booth to another booth is easy but they also clear the floor like when stan lee was walking the floor one one year everybody stopped and like it's stan lee and cameras came out flays you know just it was insane but you also have 300 pounds of muscle going keep moving (laughs) okay I'm moving. Yeah, right. So I, it's doable, but there was—I don't know. Maybe it was. Yeah, he periscoped it. I think Chris Hardwick, his moving around the con because you know he does all the panels. Uh, so that he like just periscoped him getting carted to one panel from like his hotel or something, mm-hmm. and so you got to see what it's like just to get from wherever to wherever as as, as the host. Like he he got berated by security, like "Who are you? Where's your pass?" type of thing, and like he had to have one of the handlers there to say, "Hey, no, it's cool. He's he's doing this panel or whatever." Yeah, but it's just madness. It just looks insanity. Well, that's the other fun thing too is that because of the genre, like you can take somebody that looks like they're no one, that they're just a dorky kid, and it might be the most popular person at the convention. Mm-hmm. You know, like there's no way to go. That person's a celebrity. You know, nobody knows. And that's what makes it so great. Like I saw Robert Kirkman walk in. Well, I actually walked face first into Robert Kirkman on accident because I was <laughs> one of those really annoying people where I was like looking at my phone, of trying course. to see why I can't get something to post and face plant right into his chest. And I stop and I'm like, oh, I'm sorry. Oh. And then everybody who is with me still gives me a hard time because they're like, you were so starstruck. You just stood there with your jaw open. I was like, and he's like, excuse me. And just walked around me. And yeah. I was just like looking around going, did anybody else just see that? <laughs> so yeah, they can do it. It's just, mm-hmm. you can never tell who's popular and who's not though. Yeah. Let's transition from the West coast to the East coast. Matt has been to, you said a couple New York comic cons. Yep. New right. York comic con. <laughs> tell us what that's like. It's Kind of the same thing. I mean, New York <laughs> Comic Con is the most attended con in the country. Um, and the only thing I would say it has going for it that San Diego doesn't seem to have for uh, is that it doesn't have that waiting room thing. Like both times uh, the day came to get passes and, you know, I woke up. And I made sure I had time to uh, log on to the website at the time they went on sale. 
And just when they went on sale, I clicked buy passes and I just bought them. There was no waiting room or anything like that. So I don't think even though it's the most attend, I feel like maybe even though it's the most attended one in the country, it doesn't like not as restricted. It's not as restricted. Not as restricted. Maybe I don't know what that's about exactly. But both times I went, I didn't have any problems getting passes at all. That's awesome. How how old is how long ago? Yeah. Uh. Well. The first time I went was quite a few years ago now, like four or five. And then the last time I went was right around the time Justin and I started this podcast, so only like two years ago. Wow. Okay. Yeah. And even then, it was still, I think, the most attended con in the country. Mm -hmm. It's really big, and so it's really hard getting around. And then, um, like, uh, boy, the last time I went... Uh, with Justin, uh, we both went and one day it was Saturday. It was Friday or Saturday. I guess it was Saturday. It was the big panel day where at the end of the day, they, at the, like the very beginning of the day, they had the comic book men panel. And then at the very end of the day, they had the robot chicken panel, which is like the biggest panel they have at the con. And so we got up we went, we waited in line hours before the doors even opened. We went straight to the main convention hall and we got in line for the main convention hall and we waited in the main convention hall line for another hour or two and then they finally opened it and we were in that convention hall all, all day. day long. Yeah. From, yeah. That, so, I mean, going that's to a good a thing. Con, does, yeah. does New York do it though the same way as San Diego where once you get in the room, you don't have to leave? No, yeah, no, we didn't have to leave at all. Okay, because no, we, we that, that is the, kind of the the plus, like, same with San Diego, is you you might wait in line for 12 hours, mm-hmm. but as yeah. long as you get in there and you don't leave, yeah. you're in. So yeah. and I mean, you might most have to sit of the, some panels you don't like, but... Yeah, most of the... But if we had left, we never would have gotten back into the robot chicken panel. We just, we right. never would have made it back in. That's crazy. So, okay, so I can immediately tell you what the biggest difference... That's their main hall that you said yeah. you're in? The biggest thing in Hall H would have been something way bigger than Robot Chicken. So that's the biggest difference I can see right away. Yeah, they don't really announce stuff yeah. like – I mean they do – they don't do big movie announcements Not, in New York Comic Con. It's mostly – tell like like I said, there was the Comic Book Men panel. They do yeah. a Venture Brothers panel, which was you know really funny. And then they do – I mean we sat through a, uh, a Curse of Chucky panel, which was pretty bad. Uh, <laughs> That was like their big movie one. And then, like I said, their biggest panel is Robot Chicken. Yeah. And there's nothing wrong with that. I'm not saying it's bad or anything. Well, they, they've saying. been getting a lot, though, because they, they've been covering like Game of Thrones. and. Well, this past year, that. this past year, they had all the costumes from Batman v Superman. So they had the armor. Yeah. And, oh, yeah, and they the year I went, uh, well, it was maybe it was two or three years ago. Yeah, because the Man of Steel suit was there. So it was two or three years ago now that uh, – I guess it was two because we've only been doing this podcast for a couple of years. So uh, the, they had all the Superman suits because it was – they had you know George Reeve, Christopher uh, Christopher Reeve, uh, Dean Cain, and Man of Steel. So They didn't have Superman Returns? Or Superman Returns and Dean Cain and Brandon, – yeah. Brandon Routh, OK. Yeah. No, so, no, uh, no Smallville? No, no. Well, the Smallville <laughs> one was CGI. So no, the Smallville one was actually the Brandon Routh one. Oh, okay. Yeah, they they multi-purposed it. 
so yeah, I mean, it is a big pan- it is it's a big convention, and they've got a lot of fun things going on, but it it doesn't have the big movie announcements. No, yeah. that still is the that That's- still is definitely the sole um, domain of San Diego Comic Con, which. It's okay. kind of it's kind of transformed what that con is because it that's not what it was for before. Right. But once this Hall H explosion started where okay, now we're going to do all these announcements and this is what it's going to be about from now on and that's mm-hmm. why people go and stand in that line for days on end just so they can I talked to walk out a Kevin Smith's panel. <laughs> yeah, I talked to two guys on my podcast that were there for the Batman v Superman panel and they camped out in line all night. They just slept outdoors. Did they get some Zack Snyder pizza? Uh they they saw the Batmobile. They came okay. when Zack Snyder drove the Batmobile up. Cuz so. he that's when he gave out pizza, right? Or was that the JJ Abrams thing? That was JJ. They yeah. handed out pizza. They didn't do JJ Abrams pizza. They got Zack Snyder Batmobile. That was so. what it was. Yeah. The, yeah. The, they handed out pizza. That was at the Star Wars Celebration, I want to say, though. That yeah, that was pizza. a Star Wars Celebration that JJ Abrams handed out pizza. Zack Snyder drove up the Batmobile and right. like, threw out hats and t shirts and stuff. Right. I remember that. Yeah. Then JJ took everybody to a concert and bailed on Kevin Smith's panel. <laughs> right. Well, why do you schedule Kevin Smith at the, the, the close of the show? It doesn't make any sense to me. I was just that? impressed that Kevin I, Smith made it into Hall H. That he's too. Been, he's done it for years. That's, That's not the reason. Yeah. He's, he's grandfathered. Like 11 years. It's more of tradition than anything. And they schedule him at night because his panel has filthy language. Right. So right. They don't... It's kind of like I used to always love Sundays because Sundays was always. Um, it's family day. Kids day. It's, it's kids day, but they would they would always in Hall H have the Sons of Anarchy panel, which we could never figure out because nothing really comic book related. Like The Walking Dead makes sense. Game of Thrones makes That's, sense based on on books. Yeah. Everything had kind of – it fit in the genre, but Sons of Anarchy like started making comics, I think, just so mm-hmm. they could be there. But it was always the best panel because it was the last panel of the whole weekend. Right. And – it was no holds bar. It was it was good, but but that's what I don't understand. A lot of these shows and stuff have these panels, and they're not they have nothing to do with comics or that st- that 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 genre, that Game of Thrones, that Lord of the Rings type stuff. That you know that well, that, San Diego Comic Con. I mean, they're not going to change the name, right. but at this point, it is a it's uh, entertainment. It's, it's all an it entertainment is. convention. It's yeah. not a comic convention. Right. Uh, I've been to a like a real I would what I would call a real comic convention um that focus I mean Vermont has its own little tiny tiny Vermont Comic-Con and I've been to that for a couple years now and it's a lot of fun and it is mostly just art and costumes and toys it's not you know cuz we're Vermont and they just bring in like comic book artists and stuff like that rather than you know, any trying to nab any like their biggest celebrity guest was uh, Brian O'Halloran from the Viewisk Universe that Kevin Smith put together, and that was the big celebrity guest. So, mm-hmm. yeah, that's a lot of fun too in its own way. I mean, it's not like a whole day's worth of activities, but it's still fun. Uh, okay, we're gonna do a little roundtable after I now talk about my con experiences. <laughs> uh, I'll start small to big, very small. The first convention I went to was. A year and a half ago, I want to say, in Milwaukee, it was a small convention, Awesome Con, I think it was called, and they mm-hmm. had since shut down. They've done one and done. They haven't done any more since then. 
And they got some mid-range celebrities, like they had uh, uh, Chad Rook, who we've had on the show. We got to hang out with Chad Rook for like half a day. Mm-hmm. And then uh, Katie Lutz was supposed to be there, but she was like in and out. Like she was real busy. And this was before, like she was still on Arrow. Yeah. So she hadn't been Legends of Tomorrow yet, but it was awesome. I walked right past her. She was awesome. I, I, should, I should have asked her out at that point. Um, that was a joke, by the way. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um. But it was more of the comic books. Like you had all these guys. You had a couple of wrestlers, like Al Snow was there, and mm-hmm. but then across the street in the hotel was where the convention, where that's where like all the all the the comic book stores and retailers and artists were. And these are very, 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 very underknown artists. Like these are just very, you know, local and maybe um, indie indie artists and a lot of stores that are in the neighborhood an area peddling their memorabilia and stuff like that. That's it. That's all that was. And then later that spring last year, about this time I went to C2E2, which was ginormous. Yep. Uh, and that's everything. That's not just comics. That's entertainment as well. And, and that was amazing because it wasn't anything I expected. We got to, this was our, that was, that's our first experience as press. Mm-hmm. So I got to do this cool, uh, insidious thing, which I've talked about on a podcast before, which was amazing and fun. And I got to meet, uh, we got to talk to and meet, uh, Jenny's crush Aquaman, Jason Momoa. (laughs) We sat and talked to one of the, the angels from supernatural. I forget his name, but he's dead now on the show. Uh, he's like the British dude. Uh Um, I think Matt probably knows who I'm talking about. Uh, it'll come to me. He's on a bunch of shows. I We talked for a long time to the dude who's from Game of Thrones, and now he's cast as Iron Fist. We talked to him for a long time. So yep. th- that was pretty cool, not knowing that happened. Talked to CM Punk for a little while. That was awesome. Stood near Stanley, but you can't get anywhere close to him. No. Without paying $100. Right. <laughs> uh, and and I got to, to to talk to Scott Snyder for like 20 minutes. Writer of Batman, and I got to read the issue where, spoiler alert, Batman and Joker die in the issue. Mm-hmm. I got to read that like two weeks before it came out, and I was shaking as I read it because it was so good. It I'm going to try real hard to get him on my show. I'm working on it. I It's not going to happen, but I'm working on it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he's going to be back this year with Greg Capullo, so that's exciting. Um, it's yeah, and he actually let me read the Batman thing while he was doing a signing for Image for Witches, which was even crazier. Mm-hmm. But so okay, so those are my two experiences. Uh, one end to the other end. I've gone to several Wizard World Comic Cons, and those are a lot of fun too. Uh, you get to they actually schedule interviews for us so that we can interview people, and they're a little more small, uh, except for the bigger city ones like Philadelphia and Chicago and stuff like that. But the ones I went to, I went to St. Louis and Kentucky, and then I'll be going to Madison in April. Wow. Um, but they're a little more low-key, but it's it's a little more intimate. The panels are, are – like the panel I saw was Stephen Amell. Pretty much everybody from Arrow except for Emily Bett Records uh, was there, including John Barrowman, who – if you never if you ever get a chance to sit in a panel with just John Barrowman, I say do it. <laughs> just do it. Because the dude is electric. He's got so many cool stories about being on Doctor Who, about being on Arrow, all of these things. Like, he's just got so many cool stories, and he's entertaining as hell. So, if you get a chance to do that. But, okay, so now let's do some questions around the room. What is your favorite part of the convention? Is it, 
like walking around? Is it meeting cosplayers to getting your picture taken with a cosplayer? Or uh, one of one of my favorite pictures of Jenny at a cosplay is where she's got a stormtrooper with a gun to her head and she's you know surrendering essentially. Uh, I mean, doing stuff like that so you have those memories, or is it sitting in line for an hour to see a panel with uh with with people you really want to see, like Stephen Amell or or uh, like Matt did with Robot Chicken or the Comic Book Men guys or that kind of thing, or is it walking the floor and buying things? Are you there to buy stuff or get autographs mm-hmm. or get photo ops with these people? So what 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 is your favorite well, part? Uh, we'll start with you, Matt. Oh, I was going to say if the one of the years I went, if I hadn't sat and waited for Robot Chicken all day, I never would have gotten Jeff Johns to sign my Green Lantern Rebirth. Oh. One, of, one of the great things about uh, That's huge. Robot, one of the great things about the Robot Chicken panel is Seth Green just brings out whoever his friends are at the like he comes out and his wife comes out and then a couple other people that work on the show come out. Then he brings out Macaulay Culkin for his one appearance of the year because that's all Macaulay Culkin ever appears in public is at the Robot Chicken panel. And then he brings out whoever else happens to be there. And so one year uh, – uh, the first time I went, they were doing the DC special. So we brought out Jeff Johns and as soon as the panel was over – like Seth Green ran to the front and like people rushed the stage to try and like get Seth Green autographs. And I rushed up with my copy of Rebirth because I knew Jeff Johns was going to be at the convention, but I hadn't seen him anywhere. And he was like right about to go off the stage. And I was just like, Mr. Johns, could you sign my Rebirth? And he ran over and signed that. But um, other than that, uh, my favorite part of the convention, yeah, is getting to meet like artists and celebrities and stuff like that. Uh, Sometimes it is a business transaction, but like when I met Jeff Loeb and had him, um, uh, not Jeff Loeb, um, uh, darn it, the guy, I can't, I've totally had a brain freeze here, um, Long Halloween, um, Jeff Loeb and, um, hang on, I'm looking over at my shelf. I know, I I can't believe I had a brain freeze, I know who wrote it too. Not Tim the writer, Sale. but Tim Sale. Tim Sale, yes. Oh, when I got to meet Tim Sale and had him uh, sign my long Halloween, it was just I didn't have to pay for anything. I could have walked up and said hi just because he was at his table doing stuff, but you know, I wanted him to do a little sketch in the front of my book, so I did. And uh, but otherwise, it was just oh, I could have walked up and just talked to Tim Sale, which is pretty cool because you know I like his art and I respect him as an artist. Or, um. You know, uh, Billy West, you know, was there and you don't have to pay to get your picture taken. You can just walk by and say, hi, Billy West, you know, and stuff like that. So that's kind of cool. And um, Billy has been, you know, now he's been a guest on our podcast, which is pretty cool. Um, So, yeah, I like being able to see like people whose art and whose work I admire and being able to say to them, you know, I really like what you do and I really appreciate what you do. And just getting to be able to exchange words with those people that kind of inspire me and who have kind of influenced my life in this huge way that leads me to being here talking about the stuff that they do. So that's awesome. Yeah. I should mention the Friday night of C2E2, I went to Scott Snyder's panel just to listen Mm -hmm. to talk about writing comics and stuff like that. 
Yeah. And he hung out afterwards and I got to sit, just stand there and pick his brain a little bit about the writing mm-hmm. process and stuff. So that was cool. And then yeah. going from table to table where artists are just there drawing commissions or, mm-hmm. you know, signing autographs and stuff like that. I've got to meet like Gail Simone, yeah. uh, Tim Seeley, who created Hack and Slash. I've met him a couple of yep. times and he's awesome. I mean, there are obviously celebrities there that you can't yeah. get near without paying. Like you said, you can't get near uh, Stan Lee without paying $100. One year I was at New York Comic Con and uh, Mark Hamill was there. And that was like $150 just to get near him. But mm. um, other than that, there are just celebrities you can walk around and artists that you can walk around. And they have tables and you can say hi. Yeah. Like, that's yeah. cool. And they'll sign for free. I mean, like you said, you don't have to buy anything. If you brought people bring their own issues and say, Hey, can you sign this? And right. Like even cause yeah. Snyder is the same way. I brought issue, which is one for free. He just signed it. Like, yeah, they just will just, you know, they're there to say hi and stuff and they sell stuff obviously, but I like that they just are there and accessible because once upon a time, that wasn't a thing where if you liked somebody's work, you would never, ever see them anywhere and you never got to talk to them about it. Yeah. What's cool is uh, one of our guests on the show and who's going to be coming back on the show, Joe Eisman, got confirmation that he and Van Jensen are coming on the show together to talk about Flash number 50. Cool. Um, he, he'll do he'll go to Twitter and say, I'm going to this convention on this day. If you want me to draw something for you, let me know now. I'll mm-hmm. have it ready or I'll work on it while we're at the convention. Excuse yep. me. You just come by, pick it up, and he'll draw anything. I mean, they'll draw whatever you want, and it's that that artist that you love so much drawing whatever you want them to do. So they might not work on X Men, but they'll draw you a picture of Storm, and mm-hmm. it, and it's what they would do, and it looks awesome. And they get gigs that way. Like he works for Image, and he does his own thing, and now he's going to be doing a DC comic, and that's right. awesome, and that's that's fantastic. And a lot of these guys are just getting mm-hmm. their 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 start and. So basically what I'm saying is support these artists at these conventions, go there and buy a, a, a commission or one of their prints and they'll autograph yeah. it for you. And they make deals all the time. Well, you can't afford one what, or you can't afford two. What if I throw in one for free and you buy two for 40 or whatever? Yeah. Yeah. They'll throw in another one. Like I have five prints that I bought. All of them have Batman in them. Uh, two, <laughs> two of them are by the, the guy that's the artist for the injustice comics, which I think mm-hmm. he's awesome. And then the other two are are Van Skyver, Ethan Van Skyver. Oh, he's so good. I have three from him. <laughs> and like I love his art. I wish I had some of his art, but both times I've been to a convention, I haven't seen him. So yeah. what's weird about the one I really like is because I've always been kind of a, a quote unquote shipper for Batman Wonder Woman. Mm-hmm. It's like they're <laughs> he's got her tied up in the lasso of truth. And this is something he's done for a book, I think. I don't know. But it looks like they might kiss, but it also looks like he might punch her. Like, it's really weird. (laughs) (laughs) Like, I don't know what to feel from this. Like, should I be rooting for this? Or is this something that's wrong? Yeah. But anyway, uh, so that's fun. Yeah, I like the interaction with artists that you might never ever meet. Otherwise, you have a chance just by getting in the door to talk to and, and pick their brain a little bit about their process. Jenny, what is your favorite part of the convention? Dude, I have been sitting here while you guys are talking like, trying to pick a favorite part and there's like this progression. So I don't know if I can actually honestly pick one thing because what started me on it was the, the people that I met that were under the same umbrella of a fan base. And I'm still friends with those people today that I met at my very first comic con. I mean, one of them, we just went to new Orleans last summer with like first time I ever met her was at comic con 
and she mm-hmm. was cosplaying as Jessica from True Blood. Like the people I've met Is she off single? the charts. I know you guys <laughs> because of the con. Right. And yeah. I don't know if people know that, but you guys, you know, tweeted out, hey, anybody want to cover the con? And I'm like, I'm here. I'll do it. Mm-hmm. And yeah. the you know, and I hold you guys as like my dear friends now, you know, so definitely the networking of just cool people that there's no reason why we need to watch this much television or this much movies or read this many comics or novels, but we do it because we enjoy it. And then when we meet people that are under that same drive, hands down is amazing. But then selfishly, like I take it to the next step of, it's fun to wait in line because you do meet people that way too. And when you get into the panels, you see things in the panels that you would never, never think you would ever see. Like weird little fact. I'm not a huge Big Bang Theory fan, fan but mm-hmm. I was in Ballroom 20 waiting for True Blood and they were the panel before. Bare Naked Ladies came out and did the theme song. I'm like, uh-huh. I saw that. Cool. I saw them do that live. I'm like, woohoo. Um, I sat in a Walking Dead comic um, panel, which everybody, I mean, Hall H, line out the door to get into the TV panel. The comic panel maybe had 100 people in it. So I'm sitting two rows away from Robert Kirkman and able to ask him questions directly, or Charlie Adler was there. So I was able to ask him questions directly and just standing there going, I can't believe this. I mean, this is an intimate, you know, experience. So it's that sort of stuff. But then because I've, I've been through so many and all different scopes, like small ones to big ones, I'm enjoying the smaller ones now because I can sit in a panel where, you know, writers for image are talking about how they write for image and how they're their own boss and how the progression of their storyline is able to be done because there's no, there's no limits anymore. You know, the, the comic authority isn't really being, you know, ethics authority isn't really being expressed. You know, so conversations like that are great. And then the art, like you guys were saying, the mm-hmm. best part, I think, when it's all said and done, on top of all those other things, is walking the floor and seeing the art and actually talking with the people doing the art. It's amazing. You'll walk by and there'll be a comic that you've read for years and there's the guy drawing it and he's drawing it right in front of you. Or even if it's not a comic, just art for your walls. Like my house, we joke around. I don't know if you guys know what Boca de Pepo is, but my house looks like that because we're going to have to start bolting pictures to the ceiling because there's no (laughs) more room on the wall because I just keep buying it. And it's weird stuff. You can go comic book art or um, the last one I got was um, somebody redrew Jason Voorhees. And I'm like, and it's like the comic character. It's like a very cutesy J.C. Jason Voorhees and I'm like I well I have to have that right so there it's it's hard to narrow it down and go this is why because the whole experience and like I said it doesn't matter how big the convention or how small Mm -hmm. everyone is enjoyable and it's because of the people that are involved yeah I would go every year if it wasn't such a financial burden I really would that's the thing I find myself in like I can get press passes for like St. Louis and stuff like that I just got to be able to afford to go. <laughs> right. Like if you look at where I am, the closest conventions to me 
are New York City and Boston, and both of those cities are so stupid expensive to stay in. Yeah. It's like the first year I went to New York, I didn't even stay in New York. I stayed in New Jersey and rode the bus across the river. <laughs> so, and um, but yeah, and the thing Jenny was saying about being able to walk the floor and just see stuff like. I'm a toy addict. I love buying toys and the people that show up to the convention with like the old nineties and eighties toys, like selling, you know, all these collectible toys is just like, Oh, well there's something I have to have. Oh, there's something, <laughs> I want. you know, stuff that's really hard to come by. And so it's also kind of like a big garage sale, which is nice. Oh, and Dave, the, the biggest problem for me, as you guys probably know, I'm on, lockdown i'm not allowed to buy any more pop funko dolls <laughs> and oh, yeah. look at these things and there's always like they're everywhere the special edition and i'm like well i have to have it yeah, yeah. right comic-con exclusive type stuff is right yeah and I they had... all have exclusives now kamikaze has exclusive WonderCon has an exclusive blizzcon mm-hmm. has an exclusive it's like oh I'm yeah. i had to have the the hoth luke and wampa comic-con exclusive pop like if you couldn't get it for me i got it on ebay and that's exactly what i did <laughs> like, that one sold out so fast that weekend too i tried first thing thursday morning to get that for you and no one had it and in, in all honesty that's the only reason why i send you like yeah that's but, why that's why you're here now used and abused oh the plus side is, though, is that there are seriously cons going every weekend, like, mm-hmm. nowadays, no matter where you're at. I'm, I I kind of feel selfish because being in Southern California, there's one today. The, you know, there's one. I was on it last weekend. In a couple weeks is WonderCon, and there's always one here, so I'm, I'm kind of at an advantage. But, mm-hmm. you know, the littler ones across the country are amazing. Like, I hear the... Seattle Emerald City Con. I've heard that's real good. Everybody that I know that's went to it is hands down. And they've been to, you know, other cons that I've been to as well. They're like, hands down, it's the best. It's the best vibe. Um, but there's, you know, Silicon Valley is supposed to be really good. Or what's the what's the big one they have in um, Atlanta? They have one in Atlanta. Dragon Con. Dragon Con, yeah. I hear that mm-hmm. one's really good. Like, every city give or take has one like washington dc has an awesome con which i want to go to just because well it's awesome you know <laughs> it's right it, in the name yeah it's it and it's not just comic books either i mean there's horror cons um there's designer cons which are cool because it's just the people who make the toys oh um, yeah there's toy fest in uh or new york city toy fair uh, montreal which is only an hour from my house has a toy convention every year actually they have a comic convention too i i said the closest ones to me were new york and boston but montreal is actually closer and so um there's you know they're everywhere and uh, i know i know there's more like you said there's horror conventions there's toy conventions there's uh, (laughs) there's adult video conventions there's they because they have the avn conventions (laughs) conventions exactly there's just Everybody now, or it's getting to the point, I shouldn't say everybody, but almost everything you could possibly be interested in has a convention now where you can go and meet people that 
make the thing you love or love the thing you love so you can just connect with all the people that are into what you're into. And that's kind of what you were saying, Jenny, where that's a nice experience. And it's nice that these things are available that people can hopefully get to. You know what makes it great too? And this is going to totally sound cheesy, but you know, when it's just you, you have insecurities and you, you really like something, but you might think somebody else might think you're a dork for liking it or what have you, or you don't feel comfortable expressing how much you truly love this. Like this is the best book I've ever read, but Mm -hmm. you want to voice that, but you also don't want people to look at you like you're psychotic (laughs) when you're at these Everybody's on that same. I don't think I've ever encountered somebody that felt uncomfortable at a convention. Like, I would say probably girls um, in mm-hmm. co- in cosplay. Well, that's a whole nother thing, and right. that's just because there's some really jerks of men out there that sexualize it. But like, just as we're the sorry, the <laughs> <laughs> but just as like. An average goer, like you're going there to see a panel of something that you're super into or you just want to see the new toys or you want to see toys that you had when you were kids with people, you know, reselling them. I've never seen anybody on the floor or in a panel or even in line for ice cream mm-hmm. look like they feel uncomfortable because mm-hmm. it's it it's a weird and like I said, it sounds totally cheesy, but the convention scene is a family and the moment you get the ticket, you're welcomed in and that hands down, get out there and see a con because it's, it's such a cool feeling. Yeah. And they're easy to find really, to be quite honest, just wizard world is in your area at least one point every, every year, if not twice. And they, they do their best to get uh, as many people that are cool to be there. Like this year at wizard world, Madison, like Matt Smith is going to be there. And, mm-hmm. uh, I escapes me at the moment, but tons of people from doctor who are going to be there. And then a bunch of people from Marvel are going to be there. So it's, I mean, it's easy to get there. And for one day it's like 50 bucks. I mean, here's here. here and, and a lot of times too, if you look online, you can get, passes for next to nothing eventbrite is really good at that as well if you have an eventbrite um pass you can search for it and sometimes you know if it's twenty dollars for a saturday if you look on friday you can get it for ten dollars you know there's there's a lot of ways of getting discount tickets Mm -hmm. um but this puts it in perspective so in march um there's a convention in atlanta Fort Pierce, Florida, York, Pennsylvania, Lexington, Kentucky, Atlanta, Georgia, Lakeland, Florida, San Jose, California, Stephenville, Texas, Johnsonville, Johnson City, Tennessee, St. Louis, Missouri, Bowling Green, Kentucky, Middleton, um, Delaware, Miami, Florida, Jonesboro, Arkansas, and Los Angeles, California. That's just March. March alone. We're not even tapping into April. So definitely get out there and, and try it, you know, do a weekend trip, weekend warriors or something, you know, if it's, if it's a couple hour drive, or even if it's a six hour drive, just do it. It's, it's a fun little vacation. Ooh, Montreal comic-con is in July. I, hopefully I can get to go to that. That'll be fun. <laughs> and if you can't, up, so I'll keep you guys posted on that too. There you go. If you can't go to a con, follow us on Twitter at atomic geekdom. 
I periscoped almost the entire Arrow panel and then the almost the entire Stephen Amell panel when I was at Wizard World. And it's technically not illegal because that goes away after a day. And mm-hmm. then, uh, so, and we had tons of people watching as I did it. And periscoping is so cool. We'll try to incorporate it more with our Twitter and stuff like that just for random posts and stuff. But for that, you can follow us and we'll try to keep you up to date. Even though we're not at San Diego Comic-Con, I do my best to let you know of what's happening while it's going on so that we have it all covered either on Twitter, at Atomic Geekdom, or at the website, AtomicGeekdom.com. We try to cover it all and then sum it up at the end of the day to let you know what happened. I mean, you can find that on a lot of sites, but who's cooler than us? You know, Right. Not, probably all of them, but it doesn't matter. Self-deprecation, that's the way to go. Totally. Um, <laughs> so yeah, uh, we got. And here's to- here's a game too. Here I'm gonna throw a game out there, and so hopefully Matt, you'll make it out to Montreal. Dave, you've mm-hmm. got some on the horizon. I've got WonderCon. Um, we always try to do a game. Me and my friends when we go together is we pick out five characters, and we try to see if somebody comes as cosplay. So Ooh, that's fun. It's it's awesome. Like obviously you can't pick something that nobody knows. It's gotta be relatively easy. I mean but then some of them are way too easy. Like you're guaranteed to see a Batman, you know. Yeah. But you're not always guaranteed to see a Jason Voorhees. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? So you gotta get your like five cosplay um costumes that you have to find. That right there makes the weekend totally worth it because you seek out cosplayers in and you will see the most amazing artistic work that these people put into their costumes. So we'll, the three of us will have to do that on the next convention. We'll have to put, you know, publicly note our five costumes and then Instagram when we find them. <laughs> there you go. And you can follow us on Instagram again at Atomic Geekdom. Matt, you are at 2BG pod. You, get, does, you guys don't have the separate Instagram, right? No. I think so. We have our own Instagrams. Yeah. Oh, you were asking what I was at on Instagram? Either one. Doesn't matter. Oh, on Instagram, if you want, I'm Ace of Knaves 88. Knaves <laughs> with a K. Yep. You didn't know. All right. Uh, what's, <laughs> what's the cover now? I guess what what do you wish... I guess what 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 do you expect for cons in the future uh, as it gets crazier and crazier and crazier and more and more difficult uh, or impossible to get to San Diego? What do you see happening in the future? Like just for instance, Marvel pulling Marvel Studios out of Comic Con this past year with the assumption that they're going to start doing their own convention just for Marvel. Yeah, I expect conventions will actually start to collapse a little bit just because like you said marvel showed this year that they didn't need to go to comic-con they did their own event on a random tuesday they said hey come to this place and you'll see something cool and they did that and didn't go to comic-con and i imagine it'll eventually because though there will always be something going on at san diego comic-con i don't know if it will continue to be the big place stuff i i agree i i i think um i think we're gonna see it divided you're already seeing it a lot of the big shows and stuff are starting to do the smaller the smaller conventions so mm-hmm. i think the smaller ones like emerald city or silicon or you know wondercon even because wondercon is primarily 
they'll start to see more of the entertainment. There'll be yeah. more of the comics start focusing back on Comic-Con. It will start, I, I believe it's going to start spreading out, but then you'll get things yeah. like Marvel mm-hmm. will have their own convention. Star Wars has their own convention. Right. Um, yeah. Image will have their own, you know, everybody will yeah. start doing individual ones. And then there'll be little tidbits here and there, which I think is great. I mm-hmm. spread the love type stuff. I think they will. Yeah, just to bounce off that, there will be commercializations because you already have Star Wars Celebration, which is all Star Wars. You already have D23, which is all Disney. Um, we could end up with an all DC one, an all image one. It yeah, there's just, a BlizzCon for all Blizzard, you know. yeah. So yeah, I, I think it's cool though. I, I I like that direction. I it is insane yeah. right now, especially with San Diego, how big it's gotten. But it's also cool to go to, like I said, to go to those little ones. And the more San Diego blows up, the more the little ones are starting to get better and better panels. So I actually see it in a moving in a really cool direction. So it'll be interesting where it's at in five years because just in the last five years alone, with the cons that we have now night and day difference all right all right there you go you guys took care of that for me (laughs) sure what about you dave (laughs) i uh i just hope to one day be at san diego comic-con that's all i can say um yeah i don't know with the disney thing and then the star wars celebration which wasn't their first year, right? This wasn't their first year. They've been doing no. it for a while. Yeah. Uh, but Disney runs everything, so it's all going to be separate. And, of course, Warner Brothers and DC will do their own thing eventually once they get their universe kickstarted. Um, boy. I just... <laughs> I, I hope it's not getting watered down because it's still fun. Mm-hmm. But if you're doing the same people every year, there's only so much that these people can discuss in their panels. And... right. I mean, the artists will always have something new to discuss because they're always working on different projects. And of course, you know, these guys that are on TV shows, it'll be a whole year later and they have more stuff to tease and more things, more experiences to discuss. And John Barrowman and Stephen Amell can make out more, uh, which surprises people for some reason. I guess I don't, it's just expected these days that those two kiss uh, for some weird reason. One's married and one's a gay man, but whatever. Wait, what was that? I guess I missed that. John Barrowman. <laughs> John Barrowman and Stephen Amell kissed in a panel recently. Just they're just oh. me- messing around. Oh well, that's you know that's kind of like the Robot Chicken panel. Every it seems like every year the same guy shows up to New York Comic Con and goes to the Robot Chicken panel and says to Seth Green and Macaulay Culkin, "Will you do a sexy pose?" And they <laughs> get into like the dirtiest pose they can think of so everybody can take a picture. Yeah. One of the things I've learned, guys, if you go to a panel and you stand in line to ask a question, don't ask the question, "What was your favorite blah 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 about this scene? What was your favorite movie? What was your favorite character?" They don't want to answer that question because they don't want to talk down about a certain fan base. So Keep it keep it simple. Just say, what it you know working on this was how much fun was it or whatever you know. Don't ask them how what their favorites were because they get tired of that. <laughs> okay, I'm I'm so glad you mentioned that too. Plan your questions out well because there have been so many panels that I've sat in that I have felt so bad for the people having to answer the questions. Oh, I was in a True yep. Blood one one time and the girl gets up there and she's like. Will will Sookie and Bill have a vampire baby? <laughs> yeah, and you just like you have to just bend over and put your hand, your head in your hands, going, 
She totally didn't just ask that. Did or, she? or there's the guy that's just trying to poke at Jason Momoa who says uh, Namor is a better character than Aquaman. Or mm. or asks him flat out who would win Namor or Aquaman. Like, dude, what's he gonna answer? Are you kidding? Right, right. Like, <laughs> save your Marvel versus DC garbage for the bar. Let's let's leave it off of the yeah. panel. Plan out your questions and make sure they're good questions. Because don't waste their time. Don't waste our time. And don't. I don't want you to come off looking like an idiot. Because I still feel really bad about that girl that asked that question. Yeah. Because Michael Rooker she, really made somebody so almost cry. And because and, it was a Jay Muse and Michael Rooker panel. Mm-hmm. So it was more of a dumb all rats thing. And <laughs> somebody asked Jay if he can still do the Jay and Silent Bob rap from Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back, like at the beginning of the movie. And yeah. of course, of course he can. He's probably done it a thousand times. And Michael Rooker's like, what do you think? He, of course he can remember it. Sit down. And, <laughs> and then, then Jay did it, but of course to appease. Cause you I know. was, I was going to say sometimes that, totally works out because when i saw the always sunny panel somebody uh, asked them and they did day man they have to panel. they have to do it you know? every time are you kidding yep yeah and and it's totally i'm i'm for it yeah, <laughs> yeah. and it has to be i would be able to do it i'd look at my i would pull a michael look at the scene do you know how often i do that <laughs> Yeah. Well, and Michael Worker is just intimidating as is, so... I don't yeah. know what you're talking about. He's a cute teddy bear. Dave, you I'm almost peed I'm yourself. Still, I'm really still scared. We're talking to him. <laughs> <laughs> Every time I hear the intro to our podcast and he's talking, my heart skips a beat like, oh, he's here. He's coming to get me. <laughs> <laughs> you ask stupid questions, Dave. Oh, man. I lo- and that makes me love him even more because he's got no filter. <laughs> well, he was... <laughs> He was blindsided one because the person who organized it didn't talk to him, and mm-hmm. his 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 agent or con because they have different con agents than they do regular agents. So his appearance agent hadn't run it by him, and so we did it right there in front of all of his fans waiting for autographs, which is a hundred times more intimidating. Like you know, I wasn't planning on this being an open panel for right, everybody right. everybody on the con floor to hear, but whatever. And then my phone, I had my notes on the phone for the questions because me and Jenny were texting ideas for it. And I kept moving my phone, which on an iPhone bounces the text all the way back to the beginning uh-huh. or the most recent text. So I'm like scrolling through like, what was my next question? I can't remember. So there's a lot of dead air. And I'm like, oh, man. And then finally some dude from the crowd asked, ask him about voice work. I's. I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah, that that too. And then like I, he was kind of excited. I didn't leave it in the podcast, but he was excited that I brought up um, what's the snow, the the ice movie he did with. With Sylvester Stallone. Uh, I don't know. Oh, Cliffhanger. Cliffhanger, yeah. I brought that up. He's like, man, that's old. <laughs> so we talked a little bit about that. And yeah, he's a nice guy because then he offered to do the the open, like, you know, that you're listening to Atomic Geekdom. That was his idea. I didn't ask oh, him. Oh, really? Yeah, I didn't ask him to do that. So I wouldn't have even oh. thought of it at that time. Like, I was too scared to just walk away and be like, thanks, goodbye. Let me rock. Uh, well, Dave, though, with fairness, it is so intimidating to actually be the one asking the questions and it puts complete light in like how important people like chris hardwick is because he's he's got it down to a science what's that malcolm gladwell in those few moments and i i i go blank face and i must look like a complete idiot i'm just like i can talk casually with anybody that comes up with me but if you put me on the spot like that all of a sudden all your questions feel really stupid and it's like ah what do i do 
It's that so, Malcolm Gladwell thing. Like, if you do a thousand hours or something of something, you become good at it, or you become an expert at it. Right. And with with Chris Hardwick, he wasn't always good at being a host. You know, I mean, he's talked about it a thousand times. He gets nervous, and he's had awkward interviews, like with Harrison Ford and stuff like that, where it just doesn't go your way. And it's a learning process, especially with us. We have a little more security because we're hiding behind computers and microphones when we Skype an interview. These these people who, to us, are still celebrities, whether you guys agree or not. I, Chad Rook is going to be in the Planet of the Apes movie. That's amazing. And, I mean, he, granted, he wasn't when we talked to him. He was doing CW shows, but he's still an actor. He's still on TV, and we aren't. And we got to talk to Courtney Clark, who is in Jurassic World, for crying out loud. Like, one of the biggest movies of this year. Granted, she's only in it for a minute. She's still in it. So it's still intimidating, and to talk to the writer of The Martian, one of the biggest movies at the in the awards uh, junket, and that was nervous for Jenny and JD because they were in love with the book. I know. Oh, and I I go back and listen to it. I feel so. I just I can hear it in my voice where I'm like, and and when when you were, when you were writing, were you- <laughs> <laughs> what's what's cool is when you guys do stuff like that. Like I am forced to be a little more confident in the interview because I have to say the question because you guys are quiet. So I was like, all right, I got to say something or we're going to just lose this dude. (laughs) So it forces me to do it. So then I get a little more comfortable with it. Like the last interview we did with Christopher Leone, I was a little more, a little more comfortable, a little more at ease. And uh, I'm hoping the same thing goes when we do a couple more interviews. Yep. We got a couple interviews scheduled guys. It's some, some good stuff in the works. Uh, One I already mentioned, which will come probably after, issue 50 of the flash comes out which is next month i believe um so yeah a lot of stuff in the works okay so anyway you guys obviously you don't get to interview people on a day-to-day or week-to-week basis like we do sometimes we're lucky enough to do so we're you know by no means do we uh should we be doing it but we get to somehow speak for yourself i totally (laughs) should be doing it i'm great at it uh yeah you guys (laughs) you guys talked to billy west that's huge i think uh that's a big interview and if i had to do that in person with him i might lose my mind just geeking out about it yeah do the voice do the voice oh do it (laughs) like yeah it would be tough for me like i would like to have uh was it john h benjamin uh he does the voice of bob's burgers Oh, yep. I've always been a fan of him ever since home movies. Like his voice as the coach was just hilarious to me all the time. Like if I ever had him on my show, I would lose my mind just because, oh, you're talking to the coach. Yep. (laughs) I would just die laughing and I would just keep asking Billy West to talk like Fry or something. (laughs) It would be. Who do you guys want to see it real quick? And I know this is off track, but who do you want to see at a convention? Like what would be your bucket list? As far as like me- like actually meeting them or just sitting in a panel, let either or. I mean, meeting is one whole. whole let's say just sitting in a panel. Like, what panel would be your bucket list panel? What's interesting is Chris Hemsworth went to Cleveland, Ohio this weekend to do a Wizard World panel. Cleveland, Ohio. Huh. Chris Hemsworth. It's not Detroit. Thor. <laughs> Just went Sorry. to Cleveland. Uh, even Detroit would have been astounding to me. <laughs> You've obviously never seen the uh, Cleveland. Oh yeah, no, I know what you mean. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I get, I get Sorry. where you're going. Sidetracked. That's funny, but like that, that somebody Ooh. that big. Oh boy, yeah. Now I guess really... I don't really know. Huh. I mean, 
Amel was cool because he's so down to earth and he just has a, little, a good time talking to everybody. Uh, you know who was really okay? Bruce Campbell was amazing. I don't think I brought it up, but he's just like, forget the questions. We're gonna have fun. And he grabbed two twins who dressed up like Ace Ventura and one like Ash, and he had them judge an Ash costume contest. And like, <laughs> it was the coolest thing ever. And Bruce Campbell was just just giving people cash out of his pocket for like, all right, you had a good Ooh. one. Here's five bucks or something. That's you know? great. And it was just fun. Awesome. He was a little harsh to people that wanted to ask questions. Like he's like, "That's a dumb question. Sit down." And then he would just move on. <laughs> like you know, but it was fun because he's from that area, and you know, he has a good time. But my dream, oh boy, uh, that's really hard. Do you do you know who yours would be, Jenny? So that you can oh, flip. hands down, because every time I do anything, I harass people. I'm like, "Why is this not?" And I was so close. I was so freaking close of getting it at Kamikaze, and it fell through. Stanley, I want a Flash Gordon oh, reunion panel. <laughs> oh, I want Sam Jones. I want them all. Max von Snydell. I want them all. I want a Flash Gordon reunion panel. And he almost survived into the Star Wars franchise, Max von Sydow. Almost, almost. Until he got butchered by a, a much better character. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. What celebrity. You know, I would jump in my time machine and go back to when Harrison Ford wasn't insane. And I would like to see, <laughs> I'd like to see a panel with Harrison Ford as... You know, after the first Indiana Jones and the first Star Wars, or maybe after Empire, and that would be a panel I'd want to sit in. I mean, he's not insane. He's just really stoned. Okay. <laughs> he's he's also a little crazy. Yeah. <laughs> but that's a good... Oh, boy. Harrison Ford. You know, my mind has gone blank right now. You know, I'd like to sit in on uh, a Jeff Johns panel. Mm-hmm. Because I just have so much respect for that guy's work. And I've done, I mean, boy, I've sat, I've been in a Jeff Johns panel or cause I was, well, I was in a Batman panel, uh, that had, oh boy, I've been in a Kevin Smith panel at this point. I mean, I, boy, I've hit some pretty big ones. I don't, I mean, I guess being in like a real, just like one of those Avengers panels where they bring out all the cast of the MCU or something yeah. like that, but you know, okay, I changed my mind. I want to be in a Joss Whedon panel. Oh, that'd be fun. And you know there'd probably be guests like Nathan Fillion or something like that. Like, I'd just – a Joss, Joss Whedon or Nathan Fillion panel would be fine by me. That would be good. Or a Nathan Fillion and Alan Tudyk panel. I, I was in an Alan Tudyk panel last – was it last weekend? And I hate you for it. He's awesome. <laughs> I He's know. He's so cool. Yeah, go, go watch Con Man. Yeah, go watch Con Man. It's a great little series, and they did such a good job with it. And then you get both of them. Yeah, and you get a lot of people with that. They need to do a Con Man panel, but with everybody from Con Man as their characters. Oh, that would be even better. <laughs> that would be great. That would be awesome. Oh, uh, they're doing a comic book based on that show from Con Man, the stars, whatever the, mm-hmm. the Firefly ripoff. Yeah. Yeah, if you guys if you didn't see the tweet, um, you get issue zero on free comic book day. So Ooh. reach out to your comic book store and make sure that they're getting it. Yeah. Um, but it's it's the the kind of the pre story, and then yeah. I think six weeks later the first comic comes out. All right. Okay, I think that is a good place to conclude. I think we got everybody talking. Yeah. About, yeah. So. All right. 
that's that's our episode all about conventions, the good, the bad, and the ugly, as Jenny put it, or the pros and cons of cons, as I put it. It's like a Scooby-Doo episode. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, that's our show this week. You can follow us on Twitter at Atomic Geekdom. Jenny, you are at? Robbie Art. One more time, Matt, you guys are at? 2BGPod. And your last episode, I think we already talked about it, but go ahead and let everybody know what mm-hmm. you guys, what'd you guys talk about. I don't know. What did we talk Deadpool, I guess, yeah, was our last yeah. episode? So, yep. yeah, Deadpool. Yeah, you guys are still raving about Deadpool. Yeah, it was good. There you go. Um, head over to the website. We've got our first board game review of a board game called Puerto Rico uh, by Jason, hmm. uh, our game, our tabletop expert, resident tabletop expert. We've got reviews for all the shows, Supernatural, Arrow, X-Files, Flash. X-Files is over now, so that's the last one from Matt. Mm-hmm. Uh, hopefully for just a year. Uh, hopefully. Walking Dead. So we got, we'll have a new one of those up by the time you, you see this, hopefully. Uh, from the last episode of Walking Dead, where hopefully we see some hilltop people. Who knows? Not gonna Jesus. say. Jesus. Well, yes, we'll get more Jesus. <laughs> I am. I am gushing. <laughs> uh, you can also follow us on Instagram again at Atomic Geekdom. We're on Facebook, Google Plus, Stitcher. Subscribe to us and Two Broke Geeks on iTunes. Please, please, please leave us a review. That helps us out. Tell your friends. Let them know about the show if you enjoyed it. If there's anything you think we should be talking about or reading or watching and then talking about, hit us up again on Twitter or you can email us info at atomicgeekdom.com and we will definitely check it out. And uh, we'll try to do more fan interaction for shows that are coming up to get your tweets on the shows and give you guys little shout outs as we go along. Uh, head over to atomicgeekdom.com and click on the banner on the top for Entertainment Earth stuff. Right now it's a Flash Arrow banner, so you can buy some Flash toys or Arrow toys, whatever you want. And just by shopping through that banner, you help us put on these shows and get to more cons and do more interviews. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, it doesn't cost you anything extra, and you get your cool toys or statues or whatnot. Um, so, yeah, do that. Uh, I don't think I'm forgetting anything. AtomicGeekdom.com, AtomicGeekdom.com, AtomicGeekdom.com. Uh, Matt, uh-huh. this is what I want to do. Uh, you do the best audible commercial I've ever heard. Oh, thanks. So if you could improv a little bit of that for us and tell the fine, fine folks here about audible. Uh-huh. <clears throat> All right. Well, you see, if you want, uh, wait, okay. Okay. Everybody <laughs> here, look. If you go over to audibletrial.com slash Atomic Geekdom, what you're going to find is you're going to find a free 30-day trial of Audible's fine audiobook services. And what that is is when you go to audible.com and you download an audiobook, it's like you're a little kid laying in bed once upon a time when mom and dad would read you a bedtime story. And they got thousands of titles. I don't even know how many, like 10,000 some odd titles or maybe even more. I don't know. Why should I count them? There's too many for me to count. I can't count that high. So go over there to audibletrial.com slash Atomic Geekdom. And when you do that, you're going to get your free 30-day trial. You're going to get a free audiobook download, and you can pick whatever the heck you want. I'm not going to tell you what to pick. I, you know you know what books you like. You're an adult, gall darn it. So go over there and find out what you want. And that helps Atomic Geekdom. It helps the Two Broke Geeks. It helps all that other stuff that Dave was just talking about. That way the website can continue to survive. Once again, that there is audibletrial.com slash Atomic Geekdom. Go there right now. 
Who is that friend of yours, Matt, that provides these wonderful, wonderful commercials for you? He, he just pops in and out. He just drops by. He <laughs> lives in the neighborhood. His, his name is uh, Russ, and he comes by. Russ. Okay. <laughs> yeah. All right. Next time you're on, maybe we'll, we'll have Russ chime in about <laughs> Daredevil or something that we're talking about. All right. <laughs> all right. Uh, and with all of that said, Jenny's here, so she gets the word of the week. Jenny, what is the word? Oh, uh, scrumple up the guests.